0: Hello, welcome to a Veteran's Drink of Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues. For veterans acclimating back into civilian life today we have sergeant first class lindsey morrison who served united states army huh, 2000 and still currently serving active uh, guard uh she has done two deployments to iraq been out there myself wonderful tropical weather i definitely say it's a definite family vacation spot uh 2003 in uh pretty much the heat of everything that when we were actually initial invasion and uh, 2007, Sergeant First Class, welcome aboard.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It is my greatest pleasure. So we, we've we met, we met like all adults are meeting nowadays on TikTok, whether it's Gen Xers, baby boomers, or millennials, Gen Z, or whatever else is on the uh, TikTok now. I saw your platform and your lot of mental health and suicide prevention. How did you get into that?
1: Well, uh, I got into that because I went through that myself, Um, borderline suicidal, and somebody helped me get through what I was going through at the time, and because I got through everything and got better, I didn't want anybody else to ever feel that way. I feel like they have, you know, no hope, no way out. So that's kind of where I got started.
0: And I mean, if, if you want to elaborate, you're welcome to, if you're, don't feel like talking about what, what kind of caused you that way?
1: So I was in the reserves first. Um, I was in the re- reserves from 2000 to 2012 In 2010, I lost my job where I worked at Lowe's. Um, I got terminated for cussing and then I couldn't find a job because nobody wanted to hire somebody in the reserves because they knew you could get deployed. They didn't obviously come out and say that, but that's kind of how it felt at the time. As soon as I mentioned being in the Army Reserves, it was like the interviews instantly changed. So I went without a job for two years. I was using the money that I had saved from my deployments to keep my mortgage on my house. And it got to the point where I was then selling my stuff to keep my mortgage on my house. And I was just in a really, really low spot. I was drinking really heavily, uh, doing some reckless things, drinking and driving. No DUIs, no injuries or accidents, luckily. But I just was not in a good place.
0: I can definitely sympathize. I Remember, not too long ago, uh, I was supposed to be heading to work, um, and I was I started work at six thirty in the morning. So I would normally wake up around five o'clock in the morning and look out my window, and my car was stolen. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I got to get on the horn with you know nine one one. I woke my wife up. I was like, "Honey, my car was stolen," and she's like, "No, I don't think it was." I'm like, "What do you mean? Where is it?" And she's like probably got repoed. Um, I didn't realize how far behind on we were. There were people taking pictures of our house. Uh, we were about to foreclose our house and I, everything was riding on me getting a job. And again, I was drinking excessively. I it, This is a sad, funny kind of story, I guess, very military. Uh, I enjoy Jack and Coke. So I would pour uh, a mason jar of Jack and Coke and you know, I drink Jack and Coke. I'm cleaning ones or whatever after I go to the range. And then I'd go like a video game or something like that. Just kind of like turn off my brain. I went to go pour another Jack and Coke. And my Jack was just about gone. And I had the audacity, even though no, she doesn't drink Jack. I went up to her and I was like, did you some of my Jack? And she's like, give me this look. Like, are you fucking me right now? Excuse me. I'm, I know we're not supposed to be swearing. I don't want to get fired, but, um, this is Article Fifteen. We are able to swear here, but I realized that there was an underlying issue here that I needed to pay off the alcohol myself, and it 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 does out whatsoever with any of the thoughts that we have. No, it de- so
1: definitely what, makes it worse.
0: It does. It, well, alcohol being a depressant, I'm not saying don't drink. I still do drink alcohol, but I I myself on that stuff. Um, my wife is really, really great about it as well. Every, if she sees me at like a, a social event or something like that, she'll, do you want a bottle of water? That's like one of those. Yes. I'll, I'll bottle of water. Not a problem. <laughs> have a couple of bottles of water and then you have another beer or whatever it is you're drinking. but, uh, it's not good to be find yourself in a basement by yourself asking what happened to all your alcohol when it's actually you that. Drank it all. So, um, what were uh, some of the what were some of the training that you received, the army? Uh, Because you were telling me before that you are suicide prevention, correct?
1: Yes, we go through what's called um, it's it's assist training is what it's called, and it's um, army suicide intervention skills training, and um, it's like a, a workshop where you do a lot of a lot of role playing and a lot of um, scenarios and how to like work through scenarios. And one of the biggest things they teach us is how to actually just come right out and ask somebody, you know, are you thinking of committing suicide? Not, are you thinking of hurting yourself? Because a lot of times if you ask somebody, if they're thinking about hurting themselves, they're not, they're not thinking about hurting themselves. So they're going to respond. No. So they just kind of teach you how to, set aside your feelings and your fears and the um, hesitations to ask somebody that and to actually just come out and say it.
0: And that's a pretty tough question to ask somebody, especially if, you know, you're just meeting them for the first time and, you know, you don't know them from Adam, if they could get, so do they, do they come to you voluntarily or is it something like you're like, Hey, they have to come and see you?
1: No, it's, it's both. Um, So I never make anybody come see me or like nobody makes them come see me. But if I see signs and, um, you know, they're displaying the behavior of somebody that might be suicidal. Um, like I said, it's mostly for soldiers in my unit. So I know these people, I see them regularly wow. and I'm familiar with them, but there's been times where like, I'll be on Facebook and I'll see a post that somebody made and I'll reach out to them and say, Hey, um, I saw your post. I, you know, want to reach out, talk to you, tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, If you want to talk, I'm here. So it's just kind of that kind of thing. I just open it up for if they want to, um, but I don't ever try to like force anybody.
0: Understood. So you're saying on social media as well. So these are people you talk with, not just people in your, your unit, but like civilians. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Uh, That's, you know, that. One of the great things about the military, you know, we we receive such great training um, and experience, uh, and and we're able to bring it back to the civilian world to help out even more. And I, I greatly appreciate you for for doing that. Um, what you were talking about the signs and the behavior. What are some of the signs and the behaviors, you know, for those who have never received the training or anything like that? What what's something that people could look for for uh, that we would consider suicidal uh, ideals or suicidal uh, behavior?
1: Um, so some of the things like I was doing drinking and driving, speeding, reckless behavior, where it just kind of appears they don't really care what happens. Um, that's a big one. If somebody starts giving away like their most prized possessions, um, they say they're not going to need it. They don't want it anymore. They have no use for it. That's a really big indicator. Um, another big one that people don't realize is if somebody has been depressed for a long time and they've been just kind of real mopey, almost like an Eeyore type personality. Um, and then all of a sudden they're really happy and you think that's a good thing because this person's finally happy, but a lot of times that can be because they've actually devised a plan to, um, end their suffering and they're happy because they know that they're going to be done suffering. So that's, that's a big one that a lot of people, especially civilians, don't know to look for. <coughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's, you know, others, um, drug drug use. Um, that's a big one. Sometimes it's thing it's events that have happened to a person rather than their actual behaviors towards mm-hmm. the event. Um, it can be divorce. It can be death of a family member. Um, sometimes it can be childbirth. Um that's uh, stressful events in somebody's life can be very traumatic. Um, Females uh, postpartum depression is a big one that a lot of people don't look for. Um, So it can just be a a series of events that happen to a person can be a sign, you know, divorce, loss of a job, uh, bankruptcy, things like that.
0: And a lot of these things are just complete stressors and just, fester. And you you don't, especially, you know, I found if I don't talk about them, uh, you know, at least with my wife, or I, I see a mental health professional, uh, if I don't talk about them, it means that they're still just sitting on me. And, you know, it, you start getting that pressure, that anxiety in your chest, that it just builds up more and more and more. And when somebody, you know, triggers that, that one thing, and I hate that word trigger, it's just so overused, but they, they wind up making the comment or doing something that just, everything explodes out and you lash out on people, especially the ones that we we love the most seem to seem to do that the most. I don't mean to put that all on my wife, even though she is really triggering sometimes, but it's the ones who, who want to know what's going on. The ones who ask the tough questions, Um, you know, and I, I found that if I start seeking like not companionship, but, People who don't know me or meeting more strangers, it means that I got something underlining with me that I'm not taking care of. And instead of dealing with it with, you know, people in my life, I'm just going to go try and start over somewhere else, make new friends and just be like, fuck everything else. I don't have to deal with it, but it's going to be there when you come back. Everything has to be dealt with. Um, You know, other things I find that I've been told to do, writing things down. What needs to be taken care of, you know, it's in your situation, uh, work, uh, reserves, uh, financial situations, trying to figure that out. And then if alcohol wasn't one of those on that list, that was a priority. We're going to have to start crossing those ones out, substances and everything else. Um, Amber and Amanda here. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Scale
1: Executive Search. Gale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace, tech, and startups.
0: They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job
1: market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families.
0: So if if you're able to maybe share one of your actual experiences with uh, one of your soldiers, obviously you don't have to use names or anything like that, that you saw uh, how it really kind of like, Oh shit, there's something going on with them, him, her, what's going on. And then like kind of pulled them to the side. How'd you guys kind of like talk about it that way? uh, Those who are actually listening can be like, Oh snap. I can do this, like not do this, do what you do. But if I see this sign or if I I hear these type of words or this kind of content, I know something's up. Could you share something like that with us?
1: Sure. Um, So this was actually not that long ago. Um, I had a soldier that was normally typically a very good soldier, um, showed up on time, did what you asked of him, complained occasionally, but not very often. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um soldier was late for a formation, didn't show up on time, called, he w- woke up late, overslept, um, which was really not like him. So he got got to work, showed up, day was fine. Um, no big deal the next month, because these are reserve soldiers, so they're one week in a month, but the next month, the same thing happened again. And, um, so when we called the soldier, soldier didn't answer, I went to the soldier's house to do a welfare check. Um, soldier was there alive and fine and, um, knocked on the door. Soldier was very hungover. I don't recall the soldier ever having drank before. Um, we sat, I asked him what was going on. He's like, well, I lost my job. My girlfriend left me because I lost my job. And I can't get, it's basically the same situation I was in. Can't find work. It's, you know, I don't, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody wants to hire anybody right now. Yeah. And so we talked and I, you know, helped him figure out some, some ideas that we later, I helped him with a resume, um, helped him start doing some job searching, gave him some actual like um, USAjobs.gov, things like that, yeah. that you know, he wasn't aware of even existed and kind of got back on track and he was okay. Like that's not, you know, an example of a worst case scenario situation, but it's one where we were able to catch it at the beginning of the spiral and yeah. prevent it from spiraling worse. Well, that's um, awesome.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a sign.
1: That's I that had another one. We were talking about. <clears throat> what was that? I'm sorry.
0: That was the mood swing that we were talking about, where they're normally a decent soldier complains were probably part of the E4 mafia. You never know what they're up to. But <laughs> you know, they they come in, they do their job, they do what they're supposed to. They're not like high accelerating, but they they do good work. And then all of a sudden, they fall off. And a lot of times, and this is where they say the that the toxic leadership, uh, they normally just hammer them. And just lay into them, like, what's your fucking problem? This, you need to get your shit together. And one of the great things that I love about the, the reserves is after every weekend, every, the entire month is wiped clean. And you just start over the next weekend. You know, let's make it a better one. Let's Let's make next weekend better. Let's be on time. Let's make sure the uniform is squared away. Let's make sure that we're being visible in the work that we're doing. I try to make sure that I'm available for my sailors but uh, I'm I'm coming to find out that I made myself too available and I'm not getting my own crap taken care of. So I got to start taking care of my own crap. Um, But no, that was awesome. You said you had another story as well.
1: Yes. This one. um, So this one was really hard for me. This was when I was living out in Colorado. Um, We had a soldier that was, very, very out of control with his drinking. Um, And I don't know if you're noticing this common denominator in all of these stories, they all involve heavily drinking. Um, But soldier went through a period that, I sat with the soldier for three days um, because the soldier was suicidal and um, didn't have family that could be with them. So I sat with the soldier for three days to keep them from doing anything um to just kind of watch be there um soldier got better stayed in a couple more years then finally got out and um was doing better or so i thought um the soldier recently passed away um not from suicide but he basically drank himself so I so
0: sorry to hear that
1: um the, the heavy drinking we thought was better, but it turns out that it was not, or that it had been going on for so long that it just had done too much damage to his body. But he was in, he was in a good place with his life. Like he was working out he was happy and healthy and like, weren't really working on becoming healthy. And then I guess had one night of relapse. And, um, so that was pretty much it, but it was, being being there, sitting with a soldier. One of the when somebody says that they are having suicidal thoughts, the most important thing is the next question, which is, Have you thought of a plan? Do you, do you have a plan for how you're going to end your life? Because if they've gone so far as to have a plan, they're really a lot more serious about it than if they just say, I'm having thoughts about it. You know, I've contemplated. Um, it means that they're like there it's going to be a little harder to bring them back from that spot, but it's still, you know, still able to be done. Um, But knowing what their plan is, is very important because it can help you to help them eliminate things that would lead to their plan. For example, if a soldier says, or person says that they have had thoughts about hanging themselves, you would want to eliminate anything in their house that they could do that with you um, would ask them if they have a family member that can sit with them until they start feeling better. Um, Just things like that, that you want to watch for as far as the next steps.
0: Understood. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I keep, you know, is another common denominator is people losing their jobs. It seems to be Um, a, a, a major stressor for, for those who are out there and listening and people on my TikTok live, all both of you guys. Um, go to your local VFW the, the or American Legion there there are people who go there and yeah it is a bar but there are guys that go there men and women that go there that are coming from construction sites or they're privatized construction workers who need laborers and they see you show up especially if you're guard you're reserve your you know whatever else and you're just looking to earn some extra cash while you're trying to get yourself in order This is a great way to go. You can go to the VFW, you can go to the American Legion, just say, I'm not here to take free money, but if you guys have a labor position, you know, we can talk about it, whatever I can do on the side to do a couple of extra works. I just need to pay my bills while I'm trying to get my life in order. Nine times out of 10, you're going to find somebody who says either, yeah, we got a spot for you or hey, you know what? I don't have a spot, but here are some other resources. Here's some other names that you guys can get in contact with. They probably have a couple of pickup jobs here and there. You at least put a few bucks in your pocket so that you can you know, eat a decent meal. And if you're hurting for food, you can go to the local church. They always have a food pantry if you are hurting that much. Mm-hmm. I'm not one. I don't, I don't give out money. I try to make sure that I give directly to Um, non-for-profit organizations that help out veterans, nothing against people who haven't served just, I try to stay inside my, my, my square. If I start going too much outside of it, then i lose myself and I burn out. So I try to help veterans. Um, that's why I, I support this, uh, and here comes my plug, my non-for-profit, not my non-for-profit, but a non-for-profit organization called the Headstrong Project, which is based out of New York, which gets, uh, Post 9-11 veterans, the mental health that they need at no cost to the veteran. Uh, They also do family counseling, which is a huge deal, especially uh, if you are suffering from some type of traumatic experience, a PTSD moment or anything like that, that you just need help. And your family doesn't get it, like the military part of it. They sometimes people just don't get it. They give counseling for the family as well. They could help your kids understand it. They could help your spouse understand it. Um, and I, I, think that's, I think this mental health crisis that's going on in the United States is being downplayed significantly by our own government. And I love the fact that I don't know if you're, uh, you are a supporter of Infantry Guru on the TikToks. I love infantry guru and I'm trying to get him to come on the show. I one day I'm going to get him to break. And I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to just show up at his base with a microphone and be like, come on, man, we're going to do this. But yeah,
1: he's great. I, I love, love his content.
0: Fantastic leadership where he is calling out the top to say, Hey, let's make sure that these juniors know that we're supporting them, getting the mental health that they need because That number, that significant number that haunts all of us, that 22 is not changing. And it won't change until we change and change something about our military. Um, This stigma that talking to somebody about your problems, being making it bad for everybody, that's not good. That's not good for our juniors. That's not good for, not even good for our seniors. You know the the top officers. Not, I mean, it it doesn't end with just you know sergeants and below. There's there's sergeant majors who have taken their own lives. There are, there are, I know, majors. We, we got a different structure. I know you, I'm Navy. We just decide to go off on our own shit. But you know, sergeant majors to to full bird, colonels. We call them captains, but I understand it's again, it's all different. <laughs> Um, the, the last person that I just had on the show, she was a Lieutenant and she is still struggling with, uh, sexual assault, uh, PTSD, uh, substance abuse, alcohol abuse. She is still fighting every day to make sure that she is not part of that 22. She has a nine-year-old child that she is trying her best to just get her head in order. And she, she went and sought help. She's going to be going to San Diego. I'm very proud of her. Um, she's going to San Diego today. Congratulations, Lieutenant Anna McLeod. She's going to San Diego today uh, to get in the San Diego mental health facility. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of her. I'm going to be out that way in August. So I'm going to go say what's up to her. So um,
1: that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> sexual harassment, sexual assault is another one of my fields. I am a um, a victim advocate for sexual assault victims. So um, that's another area where I'm quite familiar with.
0: Would you like to elaborate?
1: Uh, I can. (laughs) Um, This is another one of those situations where because of something that happened to me, I decided that it took me almost five years of trying to become an assault victim advocate because it's a very long drawn out process um, and then I was, at, I was in a first sergeant position, so they wouldn't let me do it because they said it was a conflict of interest, and then I had to wait and put my application in again. Um, when I was deployed in 2007, I was um, I was a, an LNO, and I was, for anybody that doesn't know, this liaison networking person, I was separated from the rest of my unit for a while. Um, I was at Alticatum. And it was my job to get parts or whatever the unit needed and then ship them to them in Ramadi. Well, the unit would come through and we would have to provide them with like places to stay. And we had these, the containerized housing units that they stayed in. And we had, I think eight of them, if I remember correctly, where they would stay. And during one of their times coming through, a person who was in a leadership role in my direct leadership, Um, that I trusted and thought I was friends with because we, we were in at about the same time at the very beginning, same unit, knew knew each other for many years, um, decided that they, uh, had been in the desert, maybe a little too long and that, uh, they could take whatever they wanted. Luckily, when he tried to force himself onto me, I was able to stop him. And so he was not able to fully assault me, but it was an attempted sexual assault. Um, So there was that I've dealt with a lot of sexual harassment throughout the 20 years that I've been in the military. Um, I've had leadership quid pro quo type situation where I did not make rank because I did not do certain acts. Um, I kept quiet about it at the time because well, I didn't know who to go to. I was young. I was naive. I didn't think there was anything ever going to be done because back in my early military days, that was the time where if you said that you were just trying to ruin somebody's career, um, nobody believed you. You got labeled as that girl.
0: Well, it's and still that way from what I understand.
1: Is, it It's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better, but, um, but yeah, I was afraid to be considered that girl, and um, I was in a primary, primarily male-dominated unit because it was an engineer battalion, so um, mostly males. I was one of like yep. I don't know ten females, maybe maybe a little more. But um, all of my friends in the unit were males, and I didn't want them all to be like, oh, we can't be around her because she's gonna accuse us of something. So I kept quiet and never said anything. Um, I did finally come forward. Later, but at that point, the person was already out of the military and um, had kind of gone lady tunes anyway. So,
0: there was a question um, (laughs) Did your evals go down because of uh, any issues?
1: The yes, Um, the well, I guess the evaluations didn't go down because I was an E4 at the time, and so we didn't have evaluations until you become an E5. Um, but my, my actual promotion, I submitted a promotion packet and that person was on the board for promotion and my packet got kicked back four times. Okay. I probably would be an E eight or E nine by now, if it weren't for that.
0: So, um. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD. Their website www.Rafa180.com or email at RafaCBD at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. At the time that the assault happened, your offender was a sergeant, and you were a specialist or corporal.
1: Um, no, when that happened, I was I was an E five then. Okay. Um, but they got switched out as my leader at the time. I'm not going to say what position, just because I know I have some friends on that may um, know who I'm talking about, and I don't want to do that. But
0: okay, I understand. Um
1: but they got switched out of the leadership role for me directly and were no longer my raider. So it did not affect my. Understood. Um, rating then.
0: Um, you know, and I, I was one of those, those guys as well that was like, Oh yeah, you, you can't fucking, you can't be around her because she's going to, you know, I, I, I had that at, at one point I was, um, I was the target of somebody who said that I sexually assaulted them or raped them or however it was, it was a civilian girl, So it, I got a bad taste in my mouth about a lot of these things. So I, I was pretty upset about it. And I took everything personally. Uh, so whenever I heard about a female accusing a male of something, I was like, Oh, you know what? This is bullshit. They were both out drinking and they were both having a good time and she got caught and she doesn't want to be, there was a lot of times that I would just automatically think that in my head um, until Uh, When I was out in Iraq, I was over in Balad. And uh, so Balad is a very, very large, uh, large base and lots of lights. So with those lots of lights, though, there was a lot of missing light bulbs and busted light bulbs and just things that just wore out. Uh, We had what was called the five, six club or something like that. It's not a gang. It's not a gang. It was an Air Force group. So it's definitely not a gang. Um, so the five, six club were the E fives and sixes that would meet up and they were just kind of like future leaders. You know what I mean? They, they were the ones who kind of met up, they would have council meetings and they would talk and ask, you know, what's going on on base. What, what can we do? What can we change? And we would meet up with the, um, chief master Sergeant of the base. Cause I was with the E four and below at the time. Um, they called it the, at first it was the Panther Airmen advisory council. Cause we were with the three thirty second, which were the, the, the red tails. Uh, they were the Panthers. So, um, they, I was somehow I got voted in as their president. I'm like the one Navy guy on the base. And I had all these air force people with us and they're like, yeah, we'll vote you in. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, and then they changed the name because for me. And I'm like, you guys don't have to change the name. <laughs> it's fine the way it is. They're like, no, we'll we'll be like the first four. I'm like, whatever. So I got to meet up with the president of the five six as well as the president of the uh the top three. Uh and then we would meet up with the chief master sergeant once a week and let them know like what we're seeing, what's being brought up by the juniors, the middle class, and 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 the top. You know, what is everybody seeing? And then once, I think it was bi-monthly, like twice a month, we would meet up with the one-star General Brian Bishop. Uh, I have his action figure. It's pretty awesome. He autographed it for me. Um, one thing that the 5-6 Club brought up was the amount of lights that were busted. And we didn't – I'm like – That's dumb. Seems like a five, six thing to bring up. So you guys can be in line to make E7, just make yourselves relevant. Um, And they, they changed out all the lights. They walked around the entire base as big as it is. And they were just changing out lights, making sure electrical was working and stuff like that. They did that. They found out that they saved the base a ton of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars because of that. The other correlation that they found was the amount of sexual assaults reported went down significantly. And this is in Iraq. This is military zone. This is, you know, we were more to rita And this is happening to not just our sisters, but our brothers as well. That's what changed my, my mindset. That's what made it click and just say, there's really a fucking problem this is not just two people going out, getting drunk and somebody getting caught and lying so that they could save their own asses. This is, this is an issue and this needs to be addressed. So I've kind of taken a back seat and kept my mouth shut and just like, I'm going to start listening up a little bit better. Um, so when I hear these things and it's, it's heartbreaking, especially, uh, you know, people who are trying to just stay in and do their career and do their job right. But I'm glad that you took it and you ran with, it and you made um, such a great decision as to be an advocate for these other uh, survivors. I know they've been fighting back and forth, whether victim or survivor. And I, 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 I applaud that you've gone forward and became that person to fight for those uh, who need it, who, Thank you. uh, at that time that you didn't know who to turn to and you now have like a giant sign with a t-shirt that says I'm right here. I appreciate that. So um, now moving forward, what's the plan? It's now 2021 and what what's up for first sergeant?
1: Well, um, because I'm active guard reserve, we, you know, as far as moving up in rank, there's only a few, few E8 positions for my MLS, um I did just submit an application to become a Department of the Army select recruiter. So that's a 3 3-year three recruiting tour. Um the application got approved. I am just waiting for a school date. So um I'm going to go be a recruiter and tell people how awesome I think the army is and um do that for We're a couple We're not going to recruit years. anybody. <laughs> So I'm going to do that for a couple of years, and um, that's what they, the army, considers a broadening assignment, and will help you know for promotion purposes. Plus, it gets me out of my my current field, where I kind of feel a little stagnant. <laughs> so doing something different.
0: Gonna have to make sure the uniforms are nice and pressed now.
1: Yes, yes, but they give us the new uniforms, which is cool.
0: Well, now if they're going to want to come, if if all of our TikTok followers and all the people who are listening to the podcast want to come and join the army they want to be put in by lindsey morris and where are they going to stay at
1: what was that i'm sorry
0: if they want to be put in the army specifically by you where do they come and find the recruit recruiting station
1: well i don't know yet they they don't give you your um, assignment until you're at the school so in the second week of school that's well, when they give you an assignment
0: I, will at least, do you have to move?
1: I could. I don't know where I'll be. Um, from what I understand, they try to keep you local, but um, I have no idea.
0: Needs of the military. Needs yes. of the military.
1: That, and with, that the, with the AGR program, they move us every three to five years anyway. I was actually supposed to be moving in August, but that's being hopefully redirected because of this recruiting gig. So I
0: keep... In this Dale the Veteran keeps commenting, and I'm pretty That's pretty awesome. Um uh, out of Nevada, and I just made sure I followed you, buddy. I, I support you. Uh everywhere has bullying. It's up to us in charge to stop it. That's right, that's right.
1: Absolutely. What else
0: we got going but uh Dale the Veteran, there's a movie called The Invisible War on YouTube. I want to say I've seen that man. Um he inboxed me, or he's going to. Uh, I helped get a spotlight on the issue in DC. I write bill draft requests all the time. That's awesome. That's that's pretty sick, man. Appreciate you, Dale. Um yeah, man. That that that's a lot. And I I love that you you are taking all of what could have destroyed somebody and I hope I don't get sued by Infantry Guru. You're enhancing the core and you're you you're you're making it a better army and you're making it a better military so that these young soldiers sailors airmen marines guardians whatever that is you know they're they're going to have somebody to look forward to and we need better leadership like you we need more of it and uh, I greatly appreciate you and salute you for everything that you've done for this country thank you so very much
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: so this is it we're gonna shut it down we're gonna close it up here at article 15 nobody got 45 45 half months times two reduction in rate to the next pay grade yet so this is it this is your 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 closing statement to those juniors that are out there uh, even our seniors that are out there that are struggling and you, you got and or you, you're talking to young Lindsay you know what is that bit of advice? that you would give them those who are going to be getting out or those who are struggling, what, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I would say that you, you are not your circumstance that doesn't define you. Um, you are, this is gonna sound cheesy, but you are stronger than you actually think you are. Um, and don't, you can't rely on anybody else to, get you where you want to go you've got to do it yourself um but know that you are capable of getting through whatever it is you're going through and um just keep in mind that what happened to you does not define you and you can use it to become greater than ever
0: that's that's exactly the, the same well I use a little bullshit you know, like little quotes and stuff like that, like uh, tough times never last, tough people do. Yes. We have bad days, not bad lives. And we have to remember that. Although it starts to rain, there's going to be sunshine at some point, not here in Illinois. I can tell you that right (laughs) now. It's been raining for like a week, but Lindsay, thank you so very much for coming on. Uh, I definitely want to make sure we stay in touch after this. And I would love to hear more Uh, of of any other information that you have. Um, Are there any non-for-profs or anything like that that you advocate for? Or is there a number for these suicide hotlines that, you know, people can definitely contact?
1: There is. And um, I have it written down. I don't have it with me. I didn't think to bring it. Um, I will get it to you so that we can get that out to everybody. Yes, for sure. Um, Then... Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention that is also a really good resource for people that a lot of people forget exists is Military OneSource. Uh, they are a plethora of help for various different things, um, job resources, mental health resources. Um, I've used them for things such as trying to find um, help with uh, child care in the area. They they know like a little bit of everything. They can help with that. So that's a really good resource for, for people.
0: And how can they get to that? Where where would they find um, that?
1: The military one source dot I don't remember if it's dot com or dot org, but if you just Google military one source, it comes up. Like it'll be the first thing that comes up.
0: They definitely have some great resources there. I know I've hit a couple of things up on that as well. I think they have even like a library with and I know this yep. sounds completely far-fetched from what you were talking about, but you know, like if you want to do audio book books and stuff like that, you can get them there for free instead of going on Audible, which go on Audible because this platform is on Audible as well. (laughs) My podcast (laughs) is on Audible. It's for free, but still use Audible, please. All right. Uh, Lindsay, again, thank you so very much for coming on. Greatly appreciate you. And God bless you. Thank you so much for what you do.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to try to reach more people and um, get the information out there so that we can help as many people as possible.
0: Thanks again. Have a wonderful day.
1: You too. Thank you.